everybody. Welcome um, to another session of Midweek Psalms. I'm a day late on this one. Uh, it's supposed to happen on Wednesday, but hope you'll forgive me. We last week began this series looking at Psalm 1, and today we will look at Psalm 2. But before we dive into that, I wanted to let you know about a few things coming up. Uh, first of all, please join us this Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for worship. We'll be doing a drive-in service where you can drive in the parking lot, pull out a, uh, a lawn chair, and sit down on the grass with a mask on, socially distanced by six feet, and join us in worship. Look forward to seeing you there. If you can't join us in person, don't worry. We'll be streaming on Facebook and YouTube, so check us out on those two locations. Next, if you are a youth or have a youth in your family, we're doing youth group at Limwood at 5.30 on Sunday night. We're having a bonfire, which should be pretty fun. Uh, masks are required. And also, uh, your favorite joke, I believe, is the other requirement. Uh, third, next Wednesday, we'll be having a prayer evening, kind of like we did with the back-to-school prayer night. And we will be praying for all our concerns that are on our hearts amidst this pandemic. So check it out. It's uh, an event titled Praying Through the Pandemic. So with that, um, let's ju uh, jump into this psalm. So last week we were talking about how we're going to go into the book of Psalms, which is a prayer book of God's people, and it's a book uh, that's categorized as wisdom. So it's reflecting on what does it look like to live a wise, a good, a rich life. And Psalm 1 really reflects on a rich life is lived when one is meditating and chewing daily on what God's word and God wants for our life. So it's really about personalized um, reflection. But Psalm 2, which is the other beginning psalm of, of the psalm book, and Psalm 1 and 2 would have been paired together. Psalm 2 has a more communal look at it. It is often seen as a, a psalm about royalty, about the king who was supposed to rule over Israel and accomplish God's purposes and God's will for Israel and to be a blessing to Israel, but also a blessing to the world as well. And um, so, so Psalm 1 is really about how does it look like for us individually to live a life that's rich, and then Psalm 2 is really about uh, leadership and about community living a rich experience. Uh, so let's read it. Let's dive in. And as you read it, what you'll notice is a couple sections. First, it'll start off talking about, uh, the psalmist will talk about the nations and rulers and governors and kings and how they are not uh, doing good things. Next, it'll go into kind of a 30,000 look about God's view about those leaders who aren't doing good things. It will then proceed on to talk about uh, the kingship, and it'll say, um, you know, the the Son of God is ruling over the peoples. And that's really language about the king of, of Israel. And that was seen as, think about David. David was the king, and as the king, uh, he was the anointed one. And it, it just, the language describes that relationship and that intimacy between the king of Israel and God. And then lastly, it kind of finishes up looking at what it looks like for kings to rule well. So let's dive in. Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? 
The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. He who sits in heaven laughs. The Lord has, t- has them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. With trembling, kiss his feet. Or he will be angry and you will perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Happy are those who take refuge in him. So that's Psalm 2 right there. Just a recap of that. It starts out talking about rulers and kings who are actively opposing God and God's purposes and Israel and the king of Israel and how God's kind of laughing at them and how God will use the king of Israel to really overcome those wicked leaders from other nations. And if both the king of Israel and leaders of other nations really want to thrive and be good leaders, they must uh, have a fear of God, have a, a sense of reverence for God. Otherwise, things won't go well. As I was reading this psalm, I was confused. And I was confused because... It really just doesn't make sense as I'm reading it. In one sense of it, Israel was a moderately large nation, had moderate influence and success among other nations. I mean, think about it. In comparison to Persia and Babylon, uh, Babylonia and like all these other nations, it wasn't the biggest fish in the pond. Not to mention the fact that eventually, by the time Jesus was around, Rome had overcome any kind of military effort by Israel. And so this psalm for the Jewish people really didn't come to fruition, even to the time of where Jesus comes onto the picture. And if we think about Jesus's life, you know, the nations like Rome and also other leaders like the Jewish leaders kind of were the ones that held Jesus and, and kind of laughed at him and mocked him. And Jesus was the one that was, was broken and persecuted. So this psalm really didn't come true. And maybe if we think about our own kind of leaders in our country or leaders in our community, you know, we, we see the moral failures or we see the things that have gone wrong. And maybe it leads us to wonder, where is God? How is God leading our leaders? And I think I, I've been wrestling with this and what this might mean. And I think the thing that I have come to is that this psalm was a psalm of hope, of looking ahead, of, of things that they wanted 
to, to see that their hearts truly, truly, truly long for to happen, but that they didn't see in their life. And the last section says, happy are all those who take refuge in him. Happy are all those who do not take refuge in their kings, in their rulers, in the parties, in, in the Republican Party, in the Democrat Party, in, in the leaders of our community. Happy are those who do not ultimately take refuge in the people of this world. And I know I have to remind myself of that. And it's hard because I want this world to, to be good and to be at peace and to thrive. But if history is any lesson, then I'm setting myself up for failure ultimately. And I think this psalm is teaching us to ultimately take refuge and put our hope in God and have the recognition that, that all leaders are going to fail us and all real leaders don't deserve all of our allegiance. And to place that in God, in Jesus who did come to show us a more perfect way, a better way, a way that we rejected and all leaders of this world rejected as the story goes. And so it's, it's a prayer, it's that prayer that Jesus taught us, may your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, and it will someday. And that's the thing we hold on to, and we hope for, and we pray about. God, help me to understand that, and help me to hold on to that with my heart, with my mind, with who I am, and to know that. And to hold on to the fact that you are truly governing this world and in control and leading it to a good future. And that you will come and return and set things right. That's the hope we have and the hope we hold on to and the thing we pray for. And I think when we hold on to that and we take that hope, then it helps us to more actively and faithfully engage presently. Because we're not just by and by people. We're not just waiting for a time to come. We have to be actively engaged and present right now as Jesus was actively engaged, present in the moment, loving people, seeking to encourage the community around him, seeking to build up the structures of, of government around him. And so as we pray, God, help me come to peace and trust in you for the hope you give for the future. We pray and ask God to guide us daily to, to be a part of conversations in our families or our communities or at the you know parent-teacher conferences, at the town halls, actively engaging good discussions in civil discourse, asking, act, asking God to help shape and frame our minds in how we should approach the ballot box and, and how we should be participating across the board in our communities. So in all these ways we pray that God would, would be showing us how to do that. And we trust that God will be active in those things all the while. So I pray this encourages you to be praying for God to give you that hope, to trust in God ultimately. Secondly, to show you how to show up in the moment now, um, especially with an election season coming up. And lastly, to be prayerful for our leaders, regardless of if we agree with them or not, that they might have a healthy reverence and fear for God, a humility that truly uh, seeks to, to listen to others and care for others well as they are empowered to do. So with that, um, thanks for tuning in. Allow me to close us with a word of prayer. Lord, sometimes there are, are scripture passages that really challenge us, and sometimes 
are difficult because we see things in them that seem so good, like a king or a leader who would actively oppose the people and the other leaders who do wicked things. But that's just not our experience of this world. And so, Lord, we pray that you would show us and give us the hope and remind us of the ways in which your son Jesus has brought about an incredible, incredible reality of your love and your kingdom, which is present now. And show us how to live into that. Show us how to embody the kingdom with the selfish, selfless, generous love that you showed. Um, teach us to love justice and kindness and to walk humbly day by day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week.